a subtle difference in Bellingham's demeanour. When they'd first met, Bell had been restless and prone to pacing. Now he seemed relaxed and at peace. Enough about me, Bell said. My friend, you look a bit careworn. Yes, but I'm glad to see you. I hope you're ready for a good beefsteak and a bottle or two, Bell said. I am. It was the first step to returning to his old life, though there would always be an empty place inside now that his uncle was gone. Bell grinned. How does it feel to be the last bachelor among us? I thought for certain you would be a bachelor for life, Harry said. But you fooled us all. Laura made an honest man out of me. Come, our old table is waiting, and there is someone you must see. They had almost reached the stairs when Lord Fitzhugh and Mr. Castell intercepted them. Congratulations on your dukedom, Fitzhugh said, clapping his back. You're a lucky man, Castell added. Harry felt as if hot coals were burning a path to his temples, His fingers curled into his palms and he damped down the misplaced anger that somehow struck out of nowhere, even when he knew the person meant well. Thank you. What else could he say? When Belle mentioned their party was waiting, Harry was grateful. As they continued on, Belle glanced at him thoughtfully. After my family perished, I grew cross when others made thoughtless comments. While I knew they meant well, I treated them coldly. My refusal to deal with my grief made matters far worse. Castell and Fitzhugh know that an inheritance can never replace your loss, but like most people, they're uncomfortable speaking of death. Harry nodded. It helped to have a friend who understood. Over the past three months, he'd learned that grief came in many forms. Tonight, however, all he wanted was to relax with his trusted friends. As they climbed the stairs, the clink of glasses and silverware echoed from the dining room. The rumble of masculine voices grew louder as they reached the second floor. The distinctive aroma of beefsteak teased his senses. When they reached the table... Colin Brockhurst, Earl of Ravenshire, his oldest friend from boyhood, stood and pounded him on the back. Harry, it's good to see you. And you. How is married life? Well, Angeline hasn't thrown me out on my arse yet, Colin said. Oh, ho, Harry said laughing. Bell motioned to a young man. Do you remember this fellow? Harry frowned. When recognition dawned, he was stunned. Is that Justin? Justin Davenport, the Earl of Chesfield, and Bell's stepson, grinned as he extended his hand. Pleased to see you, Harry. Good Lord! Harry turned his attention to Bell. He was a skinny cub the last time I saw him. He's twenty-one now, Belle said, and six feet three inches tall.
What are you feeding him? Harry said. He's as big as an oak. Bell laughed. A great deal of beef. He's gained a few muscles fencing as well. Harry signaled the waiter to bring a bottle of brandy. When it arrived, he poured and looked at Bell. I can't believe you're letting this sprig drink spirits. He's of age and knows his limits. I wouldn't have met his mother if not for that flask of brandy Justin hid very poorly, Bell said. Justin laughed. It wasn't my brightest idea, father. Fortunately, you're past sowing wild oats. Bell narrowed his eyes. Correct. Justin's smile slanted to one side. Am I supposed to answer that? Colin guffawed and Harry nearly spewed brandy.